The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. Two guys, one from Massachusetts and one from New York, talking sports with you on a Tuesday. Yes, it's time for another edition of WTBR Sports Talk, exclusively heard here on 89.7 FM WTBR Pittsfield. So let's sit back, relax for the next hour with a sports talk party with you. Let's go. Hey. Just a rainy day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 FM WTBR. I'm pleased to be joined down in South Carolina by my broadcast partner, Mr. Sean Cronin. Sean, are you there, sir? Can you hear me, sir? Yeah, yes, I can. How you doing, brother? Uh, you said it's rainy there. It's uh, 75 and sunny here, my friend. Oh, you suck. You really... <laughs> oh, you're I, terrible, I man. I had, I had a, a Jekyll and Hyde evening last night because uh, the bar that we were at had uh, the Red Sox on one TV and the Celtics on the other. So I watched the Red Sox pathetically lose another game and watched the Celtics sweep the Nets, which I was very, very excited about. Yes, well, it was nice to see the Nets go bye-bye. Uh, anyway, so I'll get your thoughts on the Celtics. So, uh, oh, give me your thoughts on the Celtics. Well, I read an article this morning said, should we, you know, should we hate Kyrie or praise Kyrie for leaving? Because he kind of paved the way for the Celtics to kind of build this championship-looking roster. I mean, I think these guys can compete for a title. I think you're absolutely right. I, I really do. I mean, and you know, they were they were sitting two games under 500 January 23rd. That's right. And uh, they went 30 and 10 the rest of the way. And uh, they don't look like there's any signs of slowing down. They got, uh, you know, they got Williams back, Robert Williams back, which yeah. is huge. You know, and I think the trade for Daniel Tice was was very overlooked because when Williams went down, you know, he took over the minutes and he played fantastic. So they, they, they've got great depth. They play defense. They're not afraid to play defense. I think that the... The officiating last night was pathetic. I mean, Tatum getting his sixth foul, and he didn't even was six feet away from right, the guy right. that they called him. You know, that they accused him of fouling was was ridiculous. But other than that, I I I, I think this team can do some damage. And, you know, Milwaukee obviously is the team to beat in the East. I think because they have Giannis. Well, Giannis was fantastic and, uh, the other night. He's a he's a freak. He's the best. I think he's. I think he's the best player in the NBA. I think when he's on, I think you're absolutely right. I, I really do. I think he is the number one guy, so for absolutely for sure, yeah. Bob just came in and turned me up a little bit there, so thanks, bro. <laughs> you can never tell, you know. You can't exactly tell if the caller's, you know, if it's louder or softer sometimes. But anyway, yeah, you're, you're coming in clear, so. But, yeah, go go ahead. That's, 
don't, that, those are my thoughts so far about the Celtics. I mean, we'll see we'll see who they draw in the next round. I mean, it's either going to be Chicago or Milwaukee, and obviously Milwaukee's up three to one, and they're not going to blow that lead. The Bulls are a year away at least. Yeah. The, so it's the Celtics Bucks. I think is going to be a fantastic series. Yeah, that's that, that'll be the next series, right? So. Right. I, right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's right. The Bucks and the Celtics. Right. So yeah. I mean, the key is really to stop Giannis inside. How do they do this? You know, they play defense. I mean, they double down on Durant. They double down on Irving. And I got to ask you about the Nets. Just perspective. Look what this organization did. You think about when Sean Marks had hired, um, you know, a, a, a competent coach. Because I think Nash is a horrible coach. I don't. And I think he has his hands tied. I don't think it's all his fault. But I think he's a horrible coach anyway. Well, he hired Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson was building players like Levert, uh, you know, like Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm thinking of other guys that were on, on the team. On the team, but they, they had Allen, uh, you know, they had a bunch of guys that were young guys. And rather than just bringing Durant there, they had to bring Durant and Kyrie Irving. And then they trade all these young guys that had been so developed by Kenny Atkinson, trade him away to Houston to bring James Harden. Then Kyrie Irving doesn't want to play and get vaccinated. So now Harden is disgruntled. So now Harden asks for a trade. And then the Nets get back Curry and they get back Drummond, who they never really used much in the series. And they get back a guy who didn't even play. I think he's the biggest loser of all time, and that's Simmons. I just I cannot believe what this organization started as. And it just goes to show you, Sean, you can't buy a championship. You know what I'm saying? You just can't buy what a championship. The, Rob, what was the explanation of Ben Simmons all of a sudden my not, back, being, my back not hurts playing me. game four? My back again. Oh, my back. Oh, my God. This guy, I'm telling you. Forget it. He's a joke. It's, it's ridiculous. Joke. You know, the guy's afraid to shoot. I think he's got a lot of talent. I mean, I saw him playing college. I think he's very talented. But, you know, he's not a great shooter, but he put him on the point. He got a great span on the wing. He's a terrific defensive player. But this is all in his head, man. It's all in his head for me, you know. When I see films of Willis Reed going on the court when I was a kid, you know, and I see this guy can't even take the court at all. And the thing is that, you know, at least Durant and Kyrie Irving want to play. This guy just wants to sit on his rear end. So, I'm, yeah, it's just, if you're the Nets as an organization, it's a complete failure. I think it's ridiculous that they got swept. But I give the Celtics a ton of credit. I'll tell you, that first game was a great ending. And I would like to actually capsulize that particular play at the end. Everybody sharing the ball with no timeouts because I'm yelling for timeouts. And think about this. If the Celtics had taken a timeout there, perhaps it's maybe... You know, JT maybe taking a one-on-one type of thing, and you know, off the dribble or, or you know, a three or something like that. But they moved the ball beautifully, and I think from that point on, I think the uh, the Celtics were on their way after that great uh, game one finish. So yeah. So anyway, I got to get your thoughts on the Red Sox too, and we can talk some NFL. Can, I, can, I, can I just? Yeah, go ahead, man. Kyrie Irving, real fast. Absolutely, go ahead, man. I'm so happy to have you on. So. Thank you. Good pleasure to be back with you here, even though I'm. 800 miles from you. That's but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, right. It's Ky- good to get Kyrie, away from me for a couple weeks, you know. Kyrie did exactly to the Nets what he did to the Celtics. Uh, you know, his last year in Boston, he went off like a firecracker in the first game against Milwaukee. I got, you know, 44 points right. in the first game, and then he just disappeared the rest of the series, and they ended up losing in five games. And he did the same thing in this series. His first game, I mean, he couldn't miss. That was when you know that was when he was flipping the bird at the fans, and, you know, and he got fined for the whole thing. But after game one, Kyrie disappeared. He was what four for thirteen, six for seventeen, five for nine. The guy just he just gave up. It's like he just gave up. Didn't didn't give a damn about being in that series anymore. He just gave up playing. 
Yeah, that seems to happen with him. His, 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 his attitude, and he, and, he, and he says off-the-court issues affected the season. Of course they did, because he didn't get vaccinated, so he wasn't able to play home games. And, again, I, I, I'm, I'm, I stick to, my, my, to what I say. Your vaccination status is your business, but, you know, when you're not able to play half the games in a season... You're not going to gel with the other players. No, of course not. Because you never right. get you never get used to it. Of course not. And when you are playing, you're playing in a hostile environment on the road. So that team was doomed from the beginning of the year. Yeah, there was just no consistency, and obviously Harden was completely disgruntled, and then they go out and trade him to Philadelphia. I mean, yeah, but it just goes to show you the whole idea of just going out and getting star players. Look look what the Lakers did. They flopped the same way. They went out and got Westbrook. They went out and got you know, Anthony Davis, and AD can never stay on the court. So I hate to call him AD because when I think of AD, I think of Adrian Dantley. But I mean, seriously though. And then, so they were a complete flop. And now when you look at the Lakers with no picks for the next couple of years, I mean, they're in big trouble. Let's be honest. They're an organization. They screwed themselves. They They screwed themselves big time. Yeah, they really did with this. uh, Yeah, they won a championship in a bubble, you know, in front of nobody. Congratulations for that one. But I mean. Hard to do. That was the hardest championship I think that w- there was to win in a bubble. But you know, still, you're right. They they did it in front of nobody. But then they so traded all those guys, all those trick picks away for Anthony Davis, and now Davis can't stay healthy. So yeah, and the Nets, you know, the Nets still have some good. I mean, the Bruce Brown trade was good. They still have a Patty. I don't know what, what Patty Mills is going to be next year or what's going to go on with him. But they have some guys. That, you know, there's guys on that bench that you know need to go, and there's guys that can stay. But certainly, I, I like—I really liked the Nets when they had those young guys, and when uh, you know, I hope—I'm hoping seriously that Kenny Atkins can get another chance. He's—I uh, think he's assistant Golden State right now, right? So hopefully, he'll get another yep. chance to coach, and uh, and because he's a good I, coach. I have, no, I have nothing against Kevin Durant. I—I I, I, I well, happen to really like Kevin Durant. A lot of people hate on the guy that he left, you know, to go win a championship. But that's what people are doing these days. Well, yeah, and, he uh, turned down thirty-one yeah, million dollars from Golden State to come here, so. <laughs> He, he needs to go to ownership and, and, and uh, request that they get rid of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is cancer wherever he goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, Durant sounded was classy last night. He gave the Celtics a lot of credit. I thought I thought he spoke, you know, well about you know the the team and, and uh, the lack of uh, you know obviously their success in the series and then of course you know on to next year and what they can do to be a better organization and so forth. But I just think that he, he, he almost. Yeah. He almost signed with the Celtics a few years back when he ended up going to right, Golden State. Right. I mean, they 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 had, they had, they had Tom Brady courting him, trying to get him to come. You know, they had like a big meeting out on on the, on the ocean somewhere yeah, in, yeah. in Massachusetts, and I was I was begging for them to, to I was begging for him, I should say, to come to Boston. What a what a move that would have been. Exactly. But I think the I think the Celtics. I think they're going to win the Eastern Conference at least this year. I, I think you're right. I think the I think maybe you know with no, them in Milwaukee. I last night uh, you know, Toronto came back and beat uh, Philly really bad last night. So and, and beat just you know they he did not have a good game. They got they got spanked last night. So so that series is three two, and then the two two series. There we go. There we go with Doc Rivers again blowing leads. Yeah right. <laughs> what does he have three? Yeah, it's three two now. Don't be surprised if they come back the Raptors, right? Especially with their experience in winning a few years years ago. They certainly well, that, got a few guys that, left. That, that, I know Kyle Lowry's the curse not of there. Doc but... Rivers, my friend. That's the curse of <laughs> Doc Rivers. So Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I you know, I like Doc when he was with the Knicks. I mean, you know, he was a good player and but yeah, you're right. He has the history of the with the Clippers of blowing these leads. I, I agree. I mean I totally agree with you. But uh and, and then he, he, I can't I can't discredit him. He won a title for the Celtics right. when he was exactly. when he was here. So right. yeah. 
So with no Devin Booker, now Phoenix is tied with the Pelicans. How's That's interesting, right? A little bit interesting on that one. And then Denver, you know, the Denver series, I believe uh, now is, is 3-2. So uh, Utah looks like they're going to go down again, which is great. I'll be happy. But, I mean, is Donovan Mitchell really, really going to come to the Knicks? Okay, let me ask you this. Would you trade R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell? In two seconds. Me too. And I, and I love R.J. I love R.J., but I would. Absolutely. He, he, he had he had a bad he had a bad start to his career. He, he started off slow. He, he's come around, you know, RJ Barrett. He's come around, but I would I would make that trade in two seconds. Yeah, well, you know, RJ so young. I wouldn't, right I wouldn't even I wouldn't give it a second second thought. Absolutely. And uh, how about Minnesota? What are they doing? Did they get knocked out yet? No, th- no, they didn't get knocked out. It's uh, it's it's. I believe it's is it two one or three three one? I, I had it written down someplace. I think it's I think it's three two. I know I know I know the Grizz I know the Grizz are up. Yeah, they they do nothing. The the Timberwolves do nothing ever. I mean, they have you know what Carl Anthony Towns right still on the Timberwolves, but that that fan base is so they they just they the Timberwolves are terrible every year. They they finally make the playoffs, and I was listening to a sports talk show the other day, and all these Timberwolves fans are calling and going, "Hey, we actually made the dance." Like they're just happy that they got that they got in. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Robbie, Sean here on WTBR 89.7 on a Tuesday morning. As always, a little rainy here, but Sean says it's 70 down there. So Sean's in South Carolina. will be back next week. Anyway, um, got to ask you about, uh, I was, you know, I was just looking at my computer screen because I was working on NFL draft last night like crazy. And, um, but I wanted to ask, well, actually, I wanted to ask you first about the Red Sox. So the Red Sox have a one series. Tell me what's going on with the Red Sox because I'll get your thoughts on it. They're not hitting the ball. It's, 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 I was looking at the box scores this morning from the last week, and it, they, you know they lose four to two, eight to three, four to two, four to two, three to two, five to two. It, it, you don't win when you score two runs a game. I mean, why do you think the this other is night, happening? The other night against Tampa Bay, that they were no hit into the tenth inning, and they scored two runs in the top of the tenth. They should have won the game, but Trevor Story, who is a fantastic defender, now playing second base, made an error, should have ended the game, and instead he throws the ball over Bobby Dahlbeck, said who, by the way, Bobby Dahlbeck shouldn't even be playing high school baseball. A guy can't swing a bat to save his life. But uh, then they get walked off by a Kevin Kiermeyer two-run homer to lose the game after going up 2 nothing in extra innings. And they, and they brought back that stupid... Ghost Runner, which we've talked about. Uh, yeah, before. are you unhappy? Are you I, are you unhappy that I they trade Austin Meadows? That. Are you unhappy that they trade Austin Meadows away and got Brantley back? The trade Hunter Renfro. I mean, Hunter, not I mean, not Austin Meadows. I meant Hunter Renfro. That's what I meant. Well, he's not. He's not. Uh, I, I looked at the stats this morning. Renfro and Bradley are basically identical in what they're doing. Renfro okay. has a, a two home runs. Bradley hasn't hit any, but they're both in the low two hundreds. And it is nice seeing Jackie Bradley's glove back out in the outfield again. The guy. It was a sale for prospects. They basically traded uh, Renfro to pick up Bradley, paid a couple extra million dollars for Bradley. He's making 11. Renfro was making 7.6. And they picked up these two decent prospects. One of them is a speed guy. Kind of reminds me of Jacoby Ellsbury when he was, before he was, you know, always hurt. And then the other guy's a power outfielder. So I, I like the move for the prospects. 
But I was extremely disappointed when they when they traded Renfro because last year, I mean, the guy hit what thirty one homers, ninety six RBIs, and. And I didn't realize he made as many errors in right field as he did. They said he made like 12 errors, but I never saw it. All I saw was him throwing guys out at home, throwing guys out at second base. He led the league in assists. I hated that trade. Yeah, I know that was a, that wasn't a very good trade for them. So, but uh, you know the Yankees. You know the Yankees. It's funny we were talking so much about the Yanks last week and stuff, and about the last few weeks about lack of offense and so forth. So they finally scored some runs and they. They beat the Cleveland Guardians three straight. So they're 10 and 6. You know, I'm looking at the division. Toronto's 10 and 6. Now you look across the Western western side. It's everybody's about 500 or above, you know, milling around that or below. And if the Central Division, everybody's below 500 except for one team. And then out in the National League right now, it's the New York Mets continuing to enroll right now, right? So there you go. I mean, we all talk and about. And I saw they did they they did an MRI on Degrom and and it came out clear. So you know he should be he should be back in that rotation in the beginning of June. That's going to be huge. Absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about it. You know, I'm, I love seeing I love seeing Buck Showalter back in the dugout again. I really do. I love that guy. And you know, and we were watching uh, the other day the Phillies were on TV and Joe Girardi. Like, I, I I love the old school guys. You know, I mean, I know Girardi's a little younger than Buck Showalter, but he has that old school edge to him, which I really love. Yeah, that's the thing about Buck. You know, he's you know you you like a guy who you know you think is his own man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's the thing about Buck that I like. So, but uh, and have we have we had enough of Angel freaking Hernandez, <laughs> the umpire? Yeah, I'm sick of him too. I've always been. Did sick you of see him. Kyle Schwarber flip out on him the other night? I, I heard about it. I did not see it. I, I I will take a look at it though. I didn't get a chance after after it was about like the tenth. Called strike that was about five feet off the plate that he called. Kyle Schwarber just took his helmet out. He just started flipping out. Kyle Schwarber, when he was with the Red Sox, had like a four ten on base percentage because he's very he has a good eye at the plate. And this Angel Hernandez just he might be the worst official in all of sports. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is awful. And worse than Don and, Denninger. And or the couldn't, thing couldn't. is, the thing is, I think he knows he's awful and he just doesn't care. You know. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I'm totally stuck right here. I'm sitting here with my computer laptop, and I'm totally stuck with it. It is like, for some reason, it's just sitting there with the stupid picture on it, and I can't seem to get to my NFL stuff right now, which I will try to get to after the break. But um, you're, are you psyched up for the NFL draft? Uh, the Patriots are looking at what? Uh, I think they're going to draft this linebacker. Uh, from uh, from Utah, the kid from Utah. I think that's I'm, I'm trying to remember his name now, but uh, that's the kid I've been. So they they, they, they drafted 21 overall. Yes, yes. And I think they'll trade down. You think they're going to? They already made they already made a swap yesterday uh, on, on on picks. I think it was a late 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 round thing, and not nothing major. Uh, but the exchange they exchanged picks with Houston. With Houston, yeah, with the fifth round, yeah. I believe. Or was it the fifth round? Something like that. Belichick, Belichick is gonna is gonna uh, you know he traded you know it was the first time in years that they actually drafted in the first round. It felt like you know when they drafted Mac Jones last year. Right. So right. you know Belichick's going, uh, you know we, we we didn't see any talent uh, in the first round, so uh, we 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 decided to trade. Now. What if we had uh, even though there's even though there's even though there's uh, explosive wide receivers available from Alabama, LSU, you know Mac Jones. His guy from a couple years ago, you know, if he slips past the tenth overall pick, who I think the Jets have, um, if I'm not mistaken, if I am mistaken, I apologize for my, but uh, he he tore his ACL 
this season, but last season he was explosive with Matt Jones, and uh, that would just be a dreamy scenario. But, you know, Belichick drafted Nikhil Harry when he could have drafted Debo Samuel, who was requested to trade from the Niners. You yeah, I know. That correct? There's, well, there's rumors about him going to the Jets. I think he would be great on the Jets. I mean, the Jets would give up, the, I believe, the 10th pick. Uh, and the draft the Jets right now have the fourth and the tenth pick. The Giants have the fifth pick and the seventh pick. I look for the Giants to go to either the kid from North Carolina or possibly uh, you know, any one of three offensive linemen, uh, possibly in, in in the round. You know, I think that they've looked at a few different guys. Obviously, you know, there's Neil from uh, from Alabama, and um, so they like you know they like a couple of those guys. And then I they need to take an edge rusher. I heard rumors that they're going to trade Kadarius Tony and then pick the guy from Ohio State. You know the wide receiver. They're going to pick him or they're going to take a wide. I don't want to see them take a wide receiver. I want to see Tony develop. This is ridiculous. Let Tony develop. No, I got to ask you. I got I got to ask your take about Giants with Daniel Jones because I, I guess they have about a month to decide if they want to pick up his fifth year option, uh, which would be worth twenty three point eight million. I believe I read this morning. Correct. And yeah. if they don't pick that up, he'll be playing as a, you know, he'll be a free agent next year. What do they do? You know, that's a good question. I mean, I, I was watching films of, of Malik Willis, and I know that some people love him and some people think he's going to develop. I watched film. I think the guy's tremendous. Got a tremendous Get out of Liberty. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's Liberty. Have, yeah. You, have you watched him play? I have. The guy's yeah. unbelievable. Well, I, I think mean, the guy's I unbelievable. Him play, but I've watched highlight reels. Yeah, I think the guy's unbelievable. Looks- I, I really do. Yeah. And and you know the kid from Cincinnati. I I don't think I don't think uh, I don't think the kid from from Mississippi State is going to be taken uh, in in the, in the first round. And then of course I'm thinking of other quarterbacks. I'm thinking of Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett's going to Carolina. That's where I think Kenny Pickett's going. I think he and Matt Rule have a history going back. Uh, when when Rule was recruit, recruiting, and obviously you know he didn't go to Temple, he went to uh, to Pitt. So, uh, but they they have a history, and I, I do think they need a quarterback. So I see Kenny Pickett going with the. I believe uh, Carolina is the, as the. Uh, uh, they have the do you know? Do you know, do you know off the top of your head what Kenny Pickett's hand size is? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, where, where did that come? Oh, wait a second. Where did that come? Ah, there we go. Okay. Here we go. I got my stuff back. All right, so let's that's talk. That's the whole NFL combine. This way I don't have to say the kid from here and the kid from there. Huh? That's the whole NFL combine. All okay. his hands are so, they're two inches too small to be a professional. So you think they're going to trade down? You think they're going to trade? I think, okay, this is who I think the Patriots are going to take. I think the Patriots are going to take Devin Lloyd from Utah. He's a linebacker. He fits Belichick's system real well. Go look at films of Devin Lloyd. You will be very impressed with him. Excellent linebacker. Really strong, good leader. I think he's a perfect fit for the New England Patriots. I really do. Um, so I'm just looking at Now, going back to what we started to talk about, Aiden Hutchison, to me, I think is going to be the number one pick going to Jacksonville. This is, I mean, this was sort of my mock, okay? Then I like Trayvon Walker, possibly uh, the pass rush from Georgia going to Detroit. I don't know why. Why doesn't Detroit take a quarterback? Maybe, maybe they feel that none of these guys are worthy of a number two pick. Maybe Detroit trades down. They need so many different things. This isn't a good. This isn't a good year for quarterbacks coming out of the draft. For Q, you don't think for QBs? You don't think any of these guys? You don't think what? What about the kid from North Carolina? Do you like him? I think he's really good. He's a big, strong guy. Howell. Yeah. Is that, is yeah. Howell. Howell. Yeah. Howell, yeah. yeah. Sam Howell. Yeah. I'd like to see him go to Carolina. Honestly. Really? I see. I. I still think. I still think that Kenny Pickett's going to go to Carolina. Carolina's got the sixth pick. Um. You know they could take. They could take. Well, look, they've had problems with Darnold. You talk about Newton. Where they, they had you know, a, a few other guys that they tried. They don't have a quarterback. I mean, Matt Carell is the guy I was talking about when I talked about Mississippi State. I think he's a second-round guy. I think Desmond Ritter is a guy that can be a good quarterback, too, for the kid from Cincinnati. I think he's another guy 
that I, I really think has a chance. But the Giants we're talking about, the Jets have the fourth pick. I think the Jets can take an edge rusher. You know, Thibodeau is dropping. I don't know why Thibodeau is dropping in this. I, they, people say he doesn't play all out all the time or his attitude issues or something like stuff like that. I mean, I don't really know. But, you know, just watching films of Thibodeau, the guy's a monster. You know, they talk about the kid from Oregon, the edge rusher. So, but I, I, like, the, I like the Giants. If the Giants can get a Cam Aquanu, the kid from North Carolina, um, they're looking at him. And like I said, they were looking at a what few. Charles, what position does he play? He's he's an offensive line. Charles Cross is also. They need the Giants. Yeah. The Giants need an entire offense. Right. Well, this is the thing. There's three guys out there. Okay, I'd like to have a Quanu, or I'd like to have uh, Neil from from Alabama. Obviously, I'm a Bama guy. And then the other guy is Charles Cross, who's also outstanding. He's a, he's a, he's a tackle, and I watch films of Charles Cross as well, and he can he can run block. He's terrific. So, those three guys the Giants have been looking at. Then seven. There was some mock draft people taking Garrett Wilson of Ohio State, who's a wide receiver. I do not want the Giants taking a wide receiver at seven. Get an edge rusher. So this, to me, if Trevon Walker's there, I mean, Trevon Walker's a really good player. I mean, he could be better. You know, I think he could be even better. And then the Jets could take Sauce Gardner. I think Sauce Gardner's terrific. I mean, have you watched films of Sauce? I mean, he's the best cornerback coming out, corner coming out of this draft, I believe. And the other guy that I absolutely love, who I think's could be the best player coming out of this draft. Seriously, is Kyle Hamilton from uh, from North Car- from North Car- from Notre Dame. You know the safety, who I think is fantastic. So I mean, I you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I still think the Patriots. You know, I I, I like the linebacker. Go look at the, the films of uh, the kid from from Utah and see what you're thinking. The, the Patriots. The Patriots need to have a, a very heavily defensive draft this year. Because well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, 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 they've gotten really. They've gotten old and slow in the linebacker range. You know, I mean, they, they have Josh Uche, who, right. you know, and Chase Winovich, they're, they're good players. But, um, you know, uh, uh, Dante Hightower's getting up there in age. Their cornerbacks uh, unit took a big hit when J.C. Jackson went to the Chargers, right. which I'm sure you're happy I'm, about. Of course I am. Them, you know, <laughs> of course, but they still need a head coach who has a brain in his head. Still the, so Jalen Mills is the Patriots' number one uh, cornerback right now, and Jalen Mills uh, couldn't stop me trying to catch a, a pass. <laughs> you know, he's 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 awful. Well, that's uh, why. Yeah. Well, that's why I told you that. I think that I so think they, that they, they, they need they need to find a, a you know, and Belichick over the years has actually been pretty good at finding guys off the street yes. to play cornerback. Oh yeah. You know, they, look, I mean, they, they they brought back Malcolm Butler, which I, it blew my mind that he re-signed in New England. You know, <laughs> he's a folk hero, and come on, you know, <laughs> his but, best but, you know, friend is Russell Wilson. He had he had like ninety tackles and five interceptions a couple of years ago. So I mean, right. he's still a good player, but he didn't play last Absolutely. year because he, he had mental problems, yep. depression issues, sure. and things like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they signed him cheap, you know, but we'll see. But Belichick has a way of it. J.C. Jackson was undrafted. Of course. You know, Look at the Miami Heat. Look at the Miami Heat. They have nine undrafted guys. You know, It's about coaching. Yeah. It's about organization. I mean, not to throw basketball in with football, but it's basically the well, idea. Belichick, it's it's Pat Belichick Riley. You know what I'm saying? It's Belichick. Finding these guys off the street. Exactly. I mean, Malcolm Butler was working, and this, this is not the sound... This is not to sound mean or, or you know, or, or racial or anything like that. He literally was working at a drive-through at a Popeyes. That's and okay. Belichick had him come in for a tryout, signed him, and he made one of the most um, 
famous plays in the history of Super Bowls well, when he intercepted Russell Wilson at the you know when he threw the ball at the one well, yard there you line. Go, there you go, when right. he should have handed it to Marshawn Lynch. Of course he should have. Carroll didn't want Marshawn Lynch to have any attention because Marshawn Lynch wouldn't talk to the media. I'll never forget Francesa's monologue the day after telling you the dumbest, stupidest, you know, ridiculous, the worst call in, in, in sports history. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he was saying, how dumb it was. And there's just no excuse for being stupid. But anyway, 27 minutes after 10 right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Sean Cronin, Robbie Zucker, is always on our Tuesday spot. Sean joining us from South Carolina, 413-445-9043. Uh, anything uh, before you go, because I'm going to take a break unless you want to stick around. So maybe I figure I'd get some phone calls. But if not, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get the multiple lines pretty soon there. They're working on it. All the engineers here at WTVR climbing the roofs, ready to get us. I'm gonna this be. Moment. I'm gonna be gone one. I'm gonna be gone one more week. We're coming back wow. the week of the ninth. Okay. So I can, I'll, I'll call you for, next week. I'll be calling you from North Carolina. Sounds good, and we can talk draft on uh, on uh, Thursday night. Give me a call. We'll talk draft. I'm hoping that Brian Dable. I'm hoping. You know that, that that Joe Shane, these guys do the right thing. I, I mean, I want an edge rusher. I do not. I'm telling you, why in the world would you not develop Kadarius Tony? Okay, so can we get? If you're a good coach, you can get this guy out of his attitude of whatever it is. So, but anyway, anything you want to say before you hit the road back down to? Uh, tell Dad I say hi, by the way, and uh, and tell your. Uh, he's, in the, he's, he's listening in the background. Okay, and tell, yeah, and tell, well, thank, so. tell your uncle I say okay. hi too. Tell Steve. So let me let me ask you a question about about the Giants. Okay, yeah, you got so Brian Dayball uh, was the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs, correct? Correct. And, uh, you know, he developed Patty Mahomes. I mean, obviously, Dan, uh, no one is going to be Patty Mahomes. I mean, Patty Mahomes is his own entity. He's his own special player. Uh, does does he have – does Daniel Jones have what it takes no. to be an NFL quarterback? I think – well, when you look at him the first year, when he when, when, when Shermer when Shermer was the offensive coordinator, he had some big games. I mean, he, you know – I think that he could be a, a serviceable quarterback, but you have to have obviously the blocking, which is why the Giants are going to go get another, you know, get a, a, a guy who's going to be the right tackle along with Andrew Thomas on the opposite side. I just don't think that he is instinctively as good as he could be. There are certain players that have pocket presence. Obviously, Tom Brady. We all know Aaron Rodgers. Guys that feel the rush. Guys that, you know, are able to not have that sort of. Uh, not only connecting sense, be able to move and so forth, and be, but but you know, and and reverse their field and do things of that nature. But the thing is that I, what I see in Daniel Jones is a guy who just I don't see the instincts there. The athleticism is there, but I just don't see the instinctiveness. Like he get, doesn't get rid of the ball quick enough. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you know, I, I he, he seems he he seems like a, a tunnel vision quarterback. Like yes, he, yes, you know, he does he telegraph he the ball. Read. I agree. He doesn't read the he doesn't read the defense well. It seems like every time he drops back, he's got one play in mind, and he runs that play whether he's going to get intercepted, sacked, right. um, whatever. You know, he doesn't doesn't seem to have that. I think of Peyton Manning and I think of Tom Brady. How they they go up to the line and they're and they're and you know they have a play call ready and they're pointing at certain defensive players. You know, and then right, and right. Brady will go Talk about audibleizing. I, 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 I see Daniel Jones just kind of goes up the line and goes, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, call this play. Well, well you we're know what? Well, that was Eli's personality too, and Eli had success, but Eli also had a better team around him. Eli had a better offensive line, better weapons. He had Plaxico Burris. He could throw the ball fifty feet in the air, and Plax would come down with it. So it made him. Look Look like a genius. So that's the thing. Eli Hall of Fame, yes or no? Well, okay. Look, okay. We look look at his numbers. If you go through his career, look at his numbers. Okay, 
And then you look he's, at he's a five. He's a five hundred quarterback with two Super Bowl victories, both over Brady. Well, so okay. Well, so oh, look at Jim Plunkett. He has two Super Bowl career, and he's not in the Hall of Fame either. So those two guys won two Super Bowls and are not in the Hall of Fame. Do I think Eli's going to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. I do. Um, the reason I do is because if you look at his numbers, uh, in, in as far as touchdowns, as far as yardage, uh, completions, uh, he's right up there. Ranks right up there. If you look at the top ten uh, passers, it's not his fault that his line stunk. It's not his fault that the team around him was terrible. So um, I, I think Eli's a product clutch. of the organization. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, he's a clutch guy. I mean, look, he was a clutch player. When you when you win two Super Bowls and you beat Tom Brady twice, that's pretty good. So, you know, I mean, he's got that in his back pocket forever. And, yes, I do think he'll be in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, but. Uh, well, they're, they're, they were a David Tyree helmet catch. Well, see, I don't agree. Yeah, you could say that for a million quarterbacks. Uh, you could say that for a million quarterbacks. I mean, you could say, look, Brady, in all intents and purposes, should have lost two others uh, because Pete Carroll was an idiot. And uh, you know, I mean, the Atlanta and, and, and you know the Atlanta Falcons was the biggest choke job of all time. That's why Dan Quinn should never be coaching ever again in the National Football League. So, but anyway. I think that's why Dan. I think that's why Dan Quinn didn't even take an interview this offseason. He said, "No, nah, I'm I'm happy here in Dallas, staying the defensive coordinator. I'm good." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anyway, how, buddy, have how fun. does a guy how does a guy get a job as a defensive coordinator? By the way, blowing a twenty-eight to three lead. <laughs> It's a very good question. Well, we we wait. Wait a second. But wait a second. Let's make him our defensive coordinator. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to blame him. I'm not going to blame him. I'm going to blame. I'm blame him and Shanahan for their stupid calls. I mean, I mean, we can go back and look at the. You go look at the highlights. I mean, you're talking about a 16 point lead with what uh, 10 minutes literally left in the game, and on third down and one, you're throwing the ball deep in your territory. You turn the ball over, and suddenly, you know, it's an eight point game. You allow both two point conversions. I mean, it, yeah, the defense was horrible the whole game. You look at that game, and the Patriots moved the ball up and down the field the whole game. The reason they, they were behind is because they turned the ball over. That's why. I mean, specifically. I mean, and then in the second half, they did the same thing, but they had success. They didn't turn the ball over, and they were able to move the ball up and down, up and down. And also, too, after that great catch, you know, at the, what, there's seven, by, seven minutes left? Edelman? You know, seven minutes left. And, uh, by Edelman, you're talking about, right? No, 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 not by no, not by Edelman. I'm talking about when they played the Falcons. You know, at the end That's of what I'm talking about by Edelman no, not, made a fantastic. Well, that was well, that was yeah, well, that was the fingertip catch. That's one. But I'm talking about towards the end of the game when the when the Falcons had the ball and 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 the Falcon receiver makes a spectacular catch and all they have to do is kick the field goal and instead of just running three plays into the line using clock and kicking the field goal with the guy at a tremendous percentage of field goal uh, makes. Ah, yeah, um, now I know what you're talking about. Yep. Now you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. I do. Okay, so Atlanta quarterback takes a sack, and uh, next thing you know, uh, they have to punt the ball, and the Patriots go down, and they get eight points, tie the game, win in overtime. Boom, there you go. So Dan Quinn, hey, if you want to if you, if you hang up on me, man, and take some phone calls. Yeah, I'm good. i got to take a break. Yeah, i got to go to the break anyway, so that's, that's radio for I'd, you. I'd have, I'd have some baseball points, but we can talk about them next week. Yeah, that's so fine. Whatever, you, wanna, whatever yeah. you wanna do. Yeah, I was just going to go to the break, because the, you know, the station likes if I do that, you know. <laughs> so, all righty. I'll talk to you soon, all right, brother? All right, good job. Okay, good job. Okay, bye-bye. That's my buddy Sean. WTBR-FM is listener-supported radio. That means we depend on your donations to keep the station on the air. All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445-4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'd be glad you did. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. 
Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down? Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Persia County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Larry Krepke here from Nothing But Old 45s, inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music ever recorded, like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Cline, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Did you know that just 30 minutes a day of physical activity can improve your health and decrease your risk of heart disease? Walking is an easy way to start. For every hour of regular vigorous exercise, you can gain two hours of life expectancy. So start walking for yourself. Start walking with your family. Start walking with your friends. Start walking in your community. Start walking. Start something. Join the movement today. For more information on the American Heart Association START program, visit heart.org start. Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8, and if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. Larry Krepke here from Nothing But Old 45s, inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music I've ever recorded, like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Cline, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 FM. WTBR, Robbie Zucker with you. As always, on a Tuesday morning, 413-445-5943. 413-445-5943, the number to call right here on a Tuesday morning. A little rainy today. Just want to tell you about a couple of things here. Uh, obviously, I'm a big jazz guy, and uh, I was just playing Phil's, uh, Phil Tierney's uh, uh, promo for his show on Saturday nights. And if you get a chance on Saturday, great jazz on Saturday night right here on WTBR. And uh, April 23rd through May 1st, uh, 2022, of course, is the Pittsfield City Jazz Festival. And it's going on right now, obviously. So um, uh, we have April 27th, Jazz Prodigy Ruby Farmer 
So, and uh, let's see, April 29th. So there we are. April 29th, 7.30 p.m., the George Russell Jr. Trio with vocalist Lydia Harrell at the Berkshire Museum. I had a chance to meet George Russell Sr., uh, who uh, introduced Bill Evans to Miles Davis and made that fine album, the number one album selling uh, jazz record in, in, uh, of all time, and that's kind of blue. So I had a chance to meet his dad many, many years ago, a very nice man who um, was very good friends with John Coltrane, and uh, and it was, it was a pleasure meeting him at the time. So, uh, but uh, And then Saturday, April 30th, 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. is the annual Jazz Crawl, sponsored by Pittsfield Cooperative Bank. Sunday, May 1st, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., Domingo Brunch at Dottie's. At 10 a.m., 12 p.m. is Dave Bartley, who's a terrific piano player, to play with my late friend Randy Kay. Uh, 2 p.m., the Diva Jazz Orchestra and the Berkshire Jazz Youth All-Star Band at the Colonial Theater. For more information, uh, you can go to www.berkshiresjazz.org or, uh, or look Eddie Bright up and uh, talk to Eddie. He knows, he knows all the answers there at Berkshire Jazz Festival uh, continuing until May 1st. 413-445-5943. Uh, if you want to give us a call right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Uh, Yankees, nice weekend uh, series over the... Um, Cleveland Guardians. It's so ridiculous, isn't it? The Cleveland Guardians. I mean, come on, folks. They were the Indians forever. And I, and it's amazing to me because so many people that I talk to that are Native American love the fact that they were called the Indians. I don't run into many people that really find that offensive. So I really don't understand it, quite frankly. But uh, yeah, it is what it is, right? So anyway, um, 413-445-5943. So anyway, Glaber with a game-winning hit. Uh, the first uh, game against the Guardians. He was really struggling. And uh, finally, Glaber coming around. And yesterday, the Yankees finally break out and uh, sweep the Guardians, scoring 10 runs. LeMay with a home run. Uh, Judge started getting going this weekend. A kind of falafel has really got it going for the Yankees. And uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I still don't think this is a major championship caliber baseball team. Uh, maybe they add another piece. Maybe Brian Cashman adds something. Because Joey Gallo is terrible. Let's be honest. <laughs> Joey Gallo is not very good. I mean, the guy was hitting like a buck forty for crying out loud. I think he was hitting worse than that. I think he was hitting like, like a buck nineteen. And you're telling me that Esteban Florial, the kid down in the minors, the kid they've been trying to get up here for years and you know put him up last year for two weeks and expecting him to turn into Babe Ruth, and he actually you know did fairly well and then send him back down. He he, he can't be any worse. You know, he can't be any worse than what Joey Gallo is. And Joey Gallo is like a, a human fly swatter. I call him the human K for crying out loud. This guy's terrible. You know, I mean, it can't get any worse. So, you know, Brian Cashman, let's see some of the kids. You know, if Joey Gallo is, is you know, how are you going to play this guy? Eight out of nine guys. And again, I've said this. I don't like, you know, I've talked to people this weekend about this, about eight out of, you know, eight, eight you know, positions and nine guys and everybody's sitting, you know, one guy, one week. And let Joey Gallo sit. Let him be the one that sits for a while, please. Now, he did have a couple of hits. I will say that. Uh, going the opposite way, so maybe maybe he gets going. But I, look, I'm not a fan of Joey Gallows. I never wanted him here. I mean, the Brian Cashman makes no sense. You know, here's a team that strikes out. So let's go out and get another guy who strikes out 200 times. Then let's go get Donaldson, who finally getting off the Schneid this weekend too, a couple of home runs, and uh, finally get some runs batted in. I mean, let's get Donaldson will strike out over 100 times. So I don't, you know, Brian Cashman, the philosophy of this organization, and you know, I talked about it over the weekend. Uh, and last week too, I was a uh, you know caller up to some of the stations uh, down in New York 
talking about the philosophy of the organization of the New York Yankees, which used to be about contact hitting, which used to be about, you know, guys that were line drive hitters, doubles hitters, gaps hitters. You know, Joe Torre used to talk about small bites, think in terms of small bites. These guys strike out like crazy. Like, we know everybody strikes out now in baseball. It's just ridiculous. I mean, the strikeouts and the, you know, and the walks and, the, the, you know, and it, what's ridiculous, too, is can we let a guy go past the seventh inning, please, in professional baseball, please? Boy, Aaron Boone, you know, Cole finally pitches a good game, but it's like, well, we got to get him out of there now. I mean, oh, my God. Six and two-thirds. The guy can't, the guy can't finish seven, seven innings, right? Can't pitch seven innings, okay? <laughs> you know, I don't get it. I mean. You know, you're paying the guy $36 million a year, and he can't go seven innings. He has to go six and two-thirds. Okay, Aaron Boone. I don't care how much the Yankees win. I'll never like Aaron Boone. I, I don't think he's his own man. You know, Sean and I talked about that before, about, you know, being your own man. You know, being your own man as a, and having, you know, your own autonomy and not being a you know, product of analytics. Now, you could say with Buck, he's been pitching guys five innings. He's been doing the same thing. He's you know, substitutions and new lineups every day and stuff. So maybe Buck has got a little bit caught up, too, in the analytical uh, pain of, of, of uh, baseball in, this, in, this, uh, you know, in, the, in these decades. But I, it'd be nice if you know, the old-fashioned manager would come back. And I, I do Buck, think that Buck does have some of those sort of old baseball tendencies and stuff and so forth. I just think... Boone is a complete product of analytics and stuff like that. But anyway, if anybody has a call for the draft, I'd love to talk NFL draft with people out there, Patriot fans, Giant fans, Jet fans. The Jets, what are they going to do? Joe Douglas. You're looking at pick number four. There's a lot of guys they can take out there. I think they should take an edge rusher. I think they're going to take an offensive lineman. We don't know what's going to happen with, 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 with Becton. Uh, Becton, you know, seems to be uh, getting himself in shape. He seems to have an attitude adjustment a little bit and, uh, you know, seems to be, you know, a guy who you know has tremendous athletic ability. It's just can he stay healthy and uh, you know, does he have the right mentality now to play in New York? And uh, you know, hopefully he'll be good. And uh, maybe the Jets take another offensive lineman. Maybe they take uh, a pass rusher, an edge rusher. Maybe they take Thibodeau. Uh, maybe they go out and get Sauce Gardner, who's a cornerback. Maybe they even get uh, you know the kid from Notre Dame, who's a safety. I think is tremendous. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with, with that particular uh, pick. At, they pick at four and they pick up ten. Now, there's rumors about Debo Samuel wanting to get out of San Francisco. And, obviously, he played for Robert Sala in San Francisco. So, if the Jets trade a pick for Debo Samuel, I mean, come on. You're getting a guy who can do everything. He can run. And somebody said the other day on radio that he's a product of the 49ers. And he's a product of Kyle Shanahan. Give me a break. Nobody's a product of a coach. That's just ridiculous. The guy can run. The guy can catch. The guy can block. You can use him on the outside. You can use him inside. He's like a flanker. You know, like they used to call a guy like that years ago a flanker when I was growing up. Could, you know, could run the ball, could be a receiver, could use him in all kinds of different formations. I think Debo Samuel is fantastic, and I think that the Jets get him. It really opens up a lot. Uh, you know, for their offense. And, you know, certainly they need a wide receiver, although they have a young wide receiver I think is going to be a stud. Um, and more. I, I really do think the Jets, you know, have a pretty good foundation now with some acquisitions to their offensive line. They might need one more piece on the offensive line, but the offensive line is going to be pretty good, I think. Defense, we definitely need an edge rusher, so we'll see where they go. And as far as the Giants go, Giants have got to go offensive line, I think, at, at five. At seven, uh, you know, who knows what, what Joe Shane's going to do. I, th- I still think they need an edge rusher. They've been needing an edge rusher for years. It's been a long time, you know, since Justin Tuck and OCU Minora and, and, and uh, those guys played uh, for you know, for the Giants since they won their last championship, you know, with Eli at the helm, and yes, I do think Eli Manning is going to be a, in the Hall of Fame. I think that 
Uh, if you look at his numbers as far as, uh, you know, up there with a lot of quarterbacks in the top 10 in terms of yardage and touchdowns and so forth, yeah, he was a 500 quarterback. Look at the team around him for the last, what, five, six years, more than that of his career since they had won the Super Bowl. I mean, Dave Gettleman and Jerry Reese were a disaster putting an offensive lineman around him, rebuilding the front line of their defense. So it, you know, I'm not going to fault Eli for the fact that, uh, that the, he had nothing around him or not very much to work with, certainly. So anyway, 413-445-5943, the number to call right here. Uh, WTBR Sports Talk. Uh, we have about maybe about 13 minutes, so if you want to give us a call. It was great for Sean Cronin to, uh, to join me because I miss Sean in the studio. It's great to have him like, right behind the glass on the other side, you know, and uh, it's good to have someone who's a Red Sox fan and a Celtic fan and a Bruins fan. So we can, we can move on right now and talk a little NHL. Okay, so Bruins-Rangers this past weekend. Uh, Bruins win by a score of 3-1, 3-1 to one, the return of David Pasternak, uh, happening with about 34 seconds left in the period as the Bruins went up one nothing. I thought, uh, I thought Allmark had a terrific game. I thought Igor, Igor had a pretty good game for the Rangers in net, but Olmark really proved himself, and it's going to be interesting to see what Bruce Cassidy does, whether it's going to be Olmark or Jeremy Swayman come uh, game one of the playoffs. Obviously, they're in. They don't know who they're going to play yet, where they're going to finish. The Rangers right now, uh, tonight with Carolina, the Rangers are four points behind Carolina right now. Uh, I just want to see them stay healthy. Now, obviously, on Saturday, no Philip Heedle, uh, no Andrew Cobb. Andrew Cobb's been absolutely fantastic uh, for, the, for the Rangers, scoring nine goals. And uh, he's been excellent. A, a natural hat trick the other night. And uh, so, uh, you know, they lost 3-1 to the Bruins. I thought the Bruins played extremely well. I don't think the Rangers match up particularly well against the Bruins. I think the Bruins could either bounce out in the first round or they could go very far in the playoffs. You know, they have a veteran team. They have guys that have been there before. Um, they certainly know, you know, how, how to win in the playoffs. But uh, we'll see. Uh, for a bunch of years, it's really been more about Marchand and about, you know, Patrice Bergeron and Pasternak. But now a little more, more depth with the coil line and certainly the hall line. You know, they, they, they put Pasternak down in the other line and uh, moved Jake DeBrusque up. And DeBrusque had a pretty good season. So, so the Bruins, you know, they, either one of, the, of those teams, you know, the Rangers or the Bruins, they could either go far in the playoffs or they could be bounced down the first round. Now, I think the, the Rangers are going to play the Penguins. I think they match up much better than the Penguins than they do either the Bruins or even Washington. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, it's going to be really fun. It all starts May 2nd. And uh, there's nothing like the NHL playoffs to me. It's great. So, But uh, as far as the Celtics go, absolutely outstanding. I mean, it's fun watching the Celtics. As a guy who's a Knicks fan, I hate the Celtics my whole life. It's really fun to watch that team play. They pass the ball well. They defend well. And they did a great job against the Nets. They really did. And as far as the Nets are concerned, you know, like I said, I mean, you go out, you had an organization of young players, and you, you had a good coach in Kenny Atkinson. And he, basically, uh, Nash was Durant's guy. And they asked Nat, uh, Durant last night about Nash's future. And, uh, you know, he didn't know what really what to say. You know, he wants him back and so forth. But let's be honest. Steve Nash is not a good NBA coach. Come on. I mean, he really isn't. He's just there because Durant wanted him there. And Sean Marks, you know, I think did a lousy job hiring him per- personally. And I think, you know, it's, it, those guys are uncoachable. Like Kyrie Irving says, well, we don't need a coach. You know, isn't that typical Kyrie Irving, right? We don't need a coach. And that's the problem with a lot of today's NBA players. They, they think they can do everything by themselves. And, and that's why, you know, you appreciate a team like Golden State. You appreciate a team like those past teams in San Antonio. You appreciate the way the Celtics play. Team ball, working for each other, understanding there's five guys on the court. Yeah, they shoot their share of threes, but they all shoot their share of threes. We know that. But uh, the, the Celtics play great defense, and, they, and that's, that's what's great about the NBA. When I was growing up, guys played defense, and a lot of teams don't play defense, and certainly through the regular season they don't play defense. So, 
But uh, the Celtics move on against Milwaukee. It's not going to be easy. I'm not saying it's easy to, to, to stop Giannis. I mean, the guy is tremendous, let's be honest. We, and, and Sean's right. You know, when he's healthy and he's at his best, he probably is the best player in the NBA. So 413-445-5943. Callers, where are you today? Love to hear your opinions on the NFL draft, uh, about baseball and the Red Sox struggle. Look, I think the Red Sox are going to be just fine. My problem with the Red Sox is their pitching depth, and their, specifically their starters. And also, I would say their bullpen. I don't love their bullpen. I really don't. I don't think they have specifically a number one guy coming out of the bullpen, uh, you know, as far as closing. Might be more of a closer by committee type role. But, um, you know, I'm not crazy about their bullpen. I don't like the back end of their pitching. But, you know, Kyle Bloom, he's a smart guy. He knows what they need. And uh, obviously he develops players at the minor league level. He did that with Tampa Bay when he was their general manager for years. And, of course, Tampa. You know, my buddy Gerard down in Flores says that Tampa Bay is going to be an under 500 team. Now, Kyle Glasno, he's, I believe, gone for the season. But, you know... They're going to bring up guys that you never heard of. They're going to win games. Who's this guy? McClanahan, whatever his name was this weekend, winning games. I mean, the Rays are going to be fine. You know, the Rays find ways to win. They do such an outstanding job in not only bringing players up that they have developed, but going out to other organizations and finding players that are good and, and developing them and putting them into their system. So I think that the Rays will be fine. I think they'll be there all year. So he he wanted to bet a, a couple of bucks, and I said, well, maybe we'll see, you know. So, but uh, I I don't know, man. I just don't think the Rays are an under 500 team. I still think they're a very, very good team with a lot of talent on the team. And I think Juan DeFranco is one of the true budding stars in this game. And they gave him a hell of a contract down there in Tampa Bay. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And uh, then we'll be back with more WTBR Sports Talk and finish up for the state. Thanks. We'll be right back. WTBR FM is listener-supported radio. That means we depend on your donations to keep the station on the air. All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445-4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'd be glad you did. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Hi, my name is Bill Sturgeon. I am the host of WTBR's Morning Drive. We air every weekday morning, 7.30 to 8.30, The goal of my program is to inform, educate, and have a few chuckles along the way. We have wonderful guests, political, arts, actors, musicians, teachers. I look forward for you to listen in or watch us on PCTV. Thank you. Hola, hola. I'm Daisy. Yo soy Marta. Whether you want to learn a little Spanish or get a glimpse of our wonderful Latin roots, join us as we celebrate Latin culture with music from genres ranging from salsa to bachata. Gain insight on local news, community information, and very special guests. Only on Mundo Latino. Welcoming listeners of all nations on WTBR 89.7 FM. Support for Mundo Latino comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Check it out, it's the Terminator. Hey, when'd you get back, huh? Did you have to shoot anyone? Why are you so distant? Are you not happy to see me? So what's the deal? You gonna get a job now or what? Why are you being so jumpy? Put all that stuff behind you, okay? No one knows what it's like to come back from Iraq or Afghanistan unless they were there. Join other veterans at communityofveterans.org because we know where you're coming from. Brought to you by Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? 
Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down. Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies Show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Bridger County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBRFM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. You guys rock. WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk, 1055 right here at Robbie Zucker on a Tuesday as our usual time. 413-445-5943, about, uh, about five minutes left in our program. And uh, we're going to wrap up, talk a little bit about the NFL draft with uh, Sean Cronin we were talking about before. And I was just saying how, you know, the Giants and the Jets and the Patriots, the Patriots definitely need defense. I agree. I, I do think they're going to draft that linebacker from Utah if he's there. Um, I also think that the Jets and the Giants are going to go either edge rusher or offensive line. The, the Giants are definitely going to go offensive line. So either those three guys, Neil Cross or you know the kid from uh, North Carolina, uh, Eki, I always pronounce his name uh, incorrectly. So, But uh, those are the guys I think that uh, the Giants are going to go for. And I, I really want to see you know an edge rusher, either you know, the guy from Georgia or even if Thibodeau's there. I don't know why Thibodeau's falling. Everybody talks about his attitude and so forth. That guy's a stud. I mean, if you're a good coach and you're a coaching staff, you should be able to get this guy to play to his maximum. So it's going to be interesting to see if Thibodeau goes well, where, where, where the uh, quarterbacks go in this draft. I still think that I love I love Willis. I absolutely love him. I think he would work great for Houston, but I don't think Houston's going to take him. Um, now, look, I mean, I mean, Neil could go first in the draft. He could go first number one to, to, uh, to Jacksonville. Do I think he will? No. But there's, there's been uh, you know, commentators and guys that consider themselves uh, you know, experts in NFL mock drafts that say that Neil's going number one. Uh, a lot of people think that uh, you know, the kid from Michigan's going uh, number one. Some people think that there's other players that are going number one. So who knows? I mean, I just think that Jacksonville, you can look. They need lots of different things. Who knows? Maybe they trade down and trade the number one pick. I really don't know. But all I know is that the Giants got to get this right. The Giants have now five picks, I believe, in the top 85 in this particular draft. So it's, it's imperative that the Giants get this correct. So about three minutes left right now, 4455943. Robbie Zucker with you here at 89.7 FM. To remind you this afternoon before I go, one of the best shows on WTBR. And I guess I'm prejudiced because I'm a Beatles fanatic. So uh, keep it right here to WTBR all day for great music. But at 4 o'clock, uh, be sure to tune into um, the outstanding uh, Beatles Forever show. And that takes place from 4 to 6. And features all kinds of different stuff. Live stuff, solo stuff, uh, Beatles cuts, uh, all, all kinds of stuff. Stuff you haven't heard from, you know, in a while. You know, back to the old uh, Mr. Pickwick records uh, days, you know, even when Pete Best was drumming. So before Ringo uh, uh, got there. So, uh, but uh, check out Beatles Forever. That's 4 o'clock right here on WTBR 89.7 FM. And the Boyk Shears, 413-445-5943 is the number to call. A couple minutes left. But uh, anyway... Uh, 
uh, I'd like to thank Sean Cronin for joining me from South Carolina down there. And uh, I'd like to tell you folks that uh, we'll be back next week. Sean will still be on vacation. I didn't realize he was going to go away for this long. I thought he was taking a permanent vacation now down there because uh, he used to live down there growing up in North Carolina. I'm thinking to myself, man, is he ever going to be behind the side of the glass again? So I kind of miss his presence and everything like that. But I uh, want to wish him well, wish Dad well. I want to say hi to my mom out there, say hi to Susan out there, and uh uh, it was a great day yesterday. I was doing some landscaping. It was kind of fun. So anyway, I enjoyed that and uh, I had a really great weekend. And when I went out to see the baby animals, actually, that was fun. So if you get a chance, go up to Shaker, uh, uh, Shaker Village. They have all these baby animals. And I was like, seeing all the sheep and pigs and goats and chickens. And it was a lot of fun. So, of course, I was running around trying to impersonate everybody there. Like mm, going in there doing the cow impersonation and and everything else, and the, <laughs> and the horse impersonation. Oh, we got a call real quick. Let's see who's there. All right, let's see. Uh, it's a little bit too late for phone calls right now, but you know we can uh, we can certainly get together next week and talk about stuff. So till next time, folks. We will see you. Take care, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week on WTBR Sports Talk. And don't forget the number, 413-445-5943. Take care, folks. Robbie Serger signing out for another weekend. Everybody stay well. And remember, get vaccinated right here on WTBR 89.7 FM in Pittsfield. Have a great day, folks. Stay dry, okay?